All right, and here we are back once again for the most fantastic uh, podcast ever. A totally unique podcast by three bearded fat white guys, uh, two Gargoyles comics, episode two, uh, now with 72% less gratuitous nudity, ladies and gentlemen. That title, of course, courtesy of Kyle Burles, and uh, drawing uh, apparently a female crotch at the moment is Mike Rieger. Say when hi, guys. I never... Hi guys. <laughs> it's not just the crotch. I was just zoomed in right then. You uh, just at this conveniently moment. Just, it was yes. a complete happenstance. <laughs> well, we decided we'd try something new here at the Two Gargs podcast. That's themes. Oh my god, we have a theme. And uh, we agreed that today's theme would be Saturday morning cartoons. In this episode, we talk about growing up on cartoons and how they affected us. And make sure, if you're listening to this, that you comment your favorite as well. So I guess we'll begin. Uh, Saturday morning cartoons, of course, for younger listeners, are not a thing anymore. Um, it used to be that you got cartoons one day a week, and it was Saturday morning uh, until about 12 or 1 in the afternoon, and then hinterland who's who would come on or some other educational thing. And that's when you knew it was time to go outside. But now you guys have a whole channel of uh, cartoons. Or, and, and of course, with Netflix and everything else, there's content all over the place. So we kind of lost the sanctity of Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, they, they were like very, very special. There was something you looked forward to. Um, now, maybe not so much. Let's hear some opinions on uh, how the cartoon landscape has changed in your minds, Kyle and Mike. I still watch Saturday morning cartoons. I make a point of it. This morning I watched oh. the two most recent episodes of Clone Wars. Nice. Ooh, I saved them up. I don't care. Do I it. keep meaning to get back to that. I haven't seen anything of the new season. Oh, it's good. That's good. So like, I, I like to call it having church. Um, except church for me is Saturday morning and it's, it's anything so long as it's cartoons, it could be something new. It could be something old, but the point is keeping Saturday morning sacred kids. Yes. Like, cause that's, that's how it should be. It, it feels wrong to not do cartoons on Saturday morning. I agree. What have you been watching, Michael? Um, lately, actually, I have been catching up on the 1983 classic uh, Dungeons and Dragons because wow. I just got the DVD. It was one of my favorite cartoons in the 80s because back then, of course, Dungeons and Dragons was not something that was discussed. It was uh, not <laughs> something talked about. Um, well, it was talked and, about. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, but negatively with a satanic corruption, uh, you know, satanic panic kind of uh, feel. But then, uh, you know, the, Gary Gygax himself actually helped, you know, create this cartoon. Um, and it used licensed, um, you know, Dungeons and Dragons references. So as a and d geek, I was like, I never thought I would see something this true to the source material on TV. Even though I had to put up with an annoyingly bleaty unicorn. Does it, does it hold up? Um, it does. I, I showed it to my kids, um, and uh, they, I mean, they also did not like the, the sidekick unicorn, but I said, this is the 80s. You got to have an annoying sidekick in every freaking show. Okay. Um, but, you know, they did enjoy that it was actually D&D &D referential. Um, they even nerded out a little bit. Uh, they're like, oh, 
Tiamat in the first episode, please, <laughs> as if they could go up against Tiamat. And I was like, this is good, my children. Very good. <laughs> You're nerds. That's right. Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> we seem to have lost Kyle. Yeah, he was. Uh, he just he texted gone? me. He's he's frozen. Uh, his internet has been spotty today, so hopefully he will be able to log back in. Um, and uh, oh, Kyle Hazard will be back after these messages. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kyle bringing it, even when he's not there. So, Mike. Uh, you uh, have an interesting history with cartoons. Why don't you tell us what your favorite ones were? Never watched them as a kid. Never did. But I sure came to cartoons late. Um, mm -hmm. I think the ones that uh, first started really, really inspiring my work were Batman the Animated Series. And, oh, yeah. Uh, shockingly, Gargoyles. Amazingly. <laughs> I guess we should actually spend a moment talking about uh, Gargoyles. I mean, two Gargoyles comics, the two Gargoyles podcasts. I mean, uh, when Mike and I started doing comics together and trying to figure out what we should call ourselves, um, it was basically just what if two Gargoyles made a comic? And, of course, we were fans of the show, so that's exactly where we got the name from. We imagined ourselves as two Gargoyles that were secretly making comics, and that actually turned into a comic. Two gargoyles that are secretly uh, private eyes, like detectives. And that's, of course, Twilight Detective Agency. But yeah, that's where Two Gargs comes from, you guys. It's the 1994 cartoon Gargoyles, which is still one of the best cartoons I think Disney's ever produced, uh, simply because it does not talk down to its audience. No, exactly. <clears throat> and uh, keep in mind, this was the behavior of two people well into their 20s. Um, yes. So if it sounds like something eight-year-olds would do, no, we're old. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Last week for Saturday morning, I watched an episode of Quack Pack because DuckTales referenced it, and that talked down real bad. It, oh, did it? That was, that was not good. So no, Gargoyles was very different from uh, the normal Saturday morning fare. So if you have Disney well, when you Plus, look at it this way, well, that's the thing, though. If you look at it this way, we were twenties. We were in our twenties watching this show. There were children watching that show who we later met through fandom as they grew up. Um, you know, and the whole spectrum of age uh, enjoyed that show. There was something there for everyone. Um, and I'm going to actually compare it to Bugs Bunny right now, even though you know they're they're very thematically and stylistically different shows. But Bugs Bunny, I loved when I was a child, and I love now that I'm an adult because there is something for everyone in Bugs Bunny. It's not just wacky hijinks. It's actually quite clever, um, a lot of the references and such. And Mike and I and Kyle are all about references. Yes, to probably a bad extent. Oh, we're, we have a comment here from uh, Sherry. I'll just put it up on the screen. I'm offended by your hatred of unicorns. I feel that I need to really uh, uh, categorize this. I don't hate unicorns, but you need to understand that the unicorn, very cleverly named Uni in the 1980s uh, Dungeons & Dragons cartoon, sounded like a baby cow uh, and 
it had to say something every time a character spoke. Like every time, all the time. And at some at certain points, she even sounded slightly human. Uh, and she was used as a plot device so many times. Oh no, the unicorn's lost. Oh no, the unicorn's wounded. We have to heal her. Oh no, we have to leave the unicorn behind. No, I'm not going. I won't go. I'm just like, leave the unicorn behind. <laughs> Do it. They was actually it actually, haven't. Sorry. Sorry, was it actually sentient? Did it have lines or did it just bleat? It, it bleated and it was oh. not sentient. It was not a character in that sense. It was a, um, you know, um, uh, sidekick. Oof. Yeah, and it's just, uh, and it uh, so basically it was it was a reactionary character, um, and thus hated by everyone that watched the show. <laughs> but to those of you that like unicorns, let's just say that wasn't a real unicorn. How about that? That was so a horse was it, with, a, with a horn stuck on its head. Was it worse than the dumb robot on G Force that you made me watch? Oh, so because for that the, was again, bad. yes, yes, it it bad. Um, the Japanese animation series uh, from the late 60s, Gachaman, came over to, uh, I was going to say Canada, but I mean North America um, in the 70s, and it was renamed Battle of the Planets. And because there were some violent scenes in the cartoon, uh, they edited out uh, a lot of the scenes and replaced it with the most ridiculously annoying robot named Seven Zark Seven, who basically just, you know, vamped for, you know, two minutes at a time um, between stock footage of the group playing ping pong or uh, playing in a band, which never happened in the original. And it, it was only meant as filler. So that robot is despised, even by those of us who were first introduced to Battle of the Planets in the English version. We we're like, this show is so cool. Except, Except this for this robot. Yeah, exactly. And this part. And that guy. <laughs> oh, Kyle's in the lobby. Oh, and I've been ignoring him. And welcome yeah. back, Kyle. Hey, I'm back. We barely noticed you were gone. I know, right? <laughs> but I'm working now. No, I, everything completely froze up. I had to, like, force quit my computer. <laughs> oh, wow. He's yeah, either trolling us or he's on mute. Yeah. And also, if you'll notice, uh, those of you that can see the video, Kyle routinely is the one that puts the most effort into absolutely everything. He's yes. got a tropical beach background today. He's wearing his tropical beach shirt. He's got his comfy chair. Like, well, I was going to be um, I think you're uh, you're Charlie from Charlie's Angels. I always mm. pictured him as being like the guy on a comfy beach chair, actually. Like, Angels, no, go do this, go do that. No, I'm too fat for Charlie. I'm more Bosley. He doesn't uh, know he, he's on mute. No, I'm not. Am I? He's not. No, I can hear you. Oh, I can't hear him at all. Oh, Mike can't hear you at all. Oh. Okay, he's definitely <laughs> doing that on purpose. <laughs> as Kyle engages in, as, sh yeah. in shenanigans. As Mike oh, as Mike watch that. As Rieger does. Yes. Um <laughs> So uh, if at any point you can hear Kyle, Mike, please let us know. Yeah, we will do. Okay, that's good to know. So Kyle, Mike and I were just talking about what our favorite cartoons were in the 80s. Um, and we've also talked about Gargoyles in the 90s. But Growing up, what was your favorite cartoon? Easily G.I. Joe. Easily. Oh, ahead easily. of the pack. Yeah. How come? Um, uh, what? That. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think it was probably the... I'm trying to open the Google Docs and 
I am having computer failures everywhere, and the my lag, my video is lagging significantly again. Oh dear! And also, yeah, Mike can't still hear me. But um, I'm not sure why GI Joe really struck me so much. Probably because I had a bunch of the toys already by the time the the series started, mm -hmm. and I'd been reading the comic for quite a while. So basically, seeing characters I already knew come to life, and you know, sound completely wrong. Because you'd already invented them in your mind. You had given exactly. them voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet that did not put you off the show. Oh, no. No, it no. It dragged me down and I still watch it. Oh, All that's fantastic. Over and over. Uh, I can actually tell our listeners that uh, Kyle's text sound on his phone is the G.I. Joe uh, commercial bumper. <laughs> So, do you have that handy for us to hear, Kyle? Uh, Handy-ish. Let's let's find out. Um, settings. Riveting television. Yeah. One of the interesting things about uh, your GI Joe story, Kyle, is I think you're the first person I've ever heard of who had the toys before knowing what the source material was that it came from. Yeah, which well, is I interesting. Think, yeah, I probably possibly read the had the comic first, and then no, I'm not sure. I think I might have probably read the cartoons for or read the comic book first. Oh, okay, and then the toys. After these messages. There we go. He's got it, ladies and gentlemen. Mike didn't hear it, but you know. No, <laughs> he didn't. Uh, this will be very interesting. I'll be your subtitler, apparently, for the uh, uh, for the foreseeable future. Oh, uh, our friend John Crowder has joined us. Hi, John. Uh, good to see that you're uh, on the feed. Um, at, at this point, uh, John, we're opening it up to uh, people uh, telling us what their favorite cartoon um was uh, in the 80s. So if you want to comment that. Uh, Mike, John has a question. Shoot. What dr what drawing tool is Mike using? Uh, this no, is no, my no. Apple Pencil. It is it's the, the Apple Pencil. And is that an iPad Pro? It is, yes. And what program is that? This is called Vectornator. I started using it about two hours ago. So I'm sort of <laughs> muddling through the way this works. So you're going to have Excellent. to bear with me when I open up menus and then stare at them silently <laughs> and then close and them. And meanwhile, our assistant Vanna Burles is showcasing all the amazing uh, tools uh, because he uses the same ones. The iPad Pro with Apple Pencil. Uh, but not that the same program. Question. But not the same program, no. Kyle uses Procreate, is that true? Yeah, correct. Yeah, and John, uh, sorry, uh, Mike is experimenting uh, with uh, Vectornator at this time. I am. I originally sketched out the figure in Procreate. Uh, Procreate is probably the most used sketching app on I iOS, but uh, I like to work in vectors. It, and so I it may have actually already taken over Photoshop of just a digital drawing app tool. Hmm. See, that's always fascinating to me because, uh, you know, everyone has such different techniques, different styles, and, and yet the apps come out uh, so quickly. And, you know, as an artist, I imagine you spend a lot of time going, do I want to spend the time to learn another program just to see if it's any good or do I just want to stick with what I've got? Mike and I have had this discussion before. I'm the type of person, even though I, I don't draw, I don't like to change anything. Once something works, I want to leave it alone and never change it. But Mike and Kyle are both very experimental. Yeah, and the program I have been using, Graphic, hasn't been updated in uh, the age of a very old dog. And so I'm trying this one out to see if I like it. 
because it updates at all. Like it still gets support from its developer. And mm-hmm. uh, people seem to like it, so I wanted to see what it's about. And for those of you watching at home, uh, you can see that Mike is not drawing per se. He is using vectors. He is using vector tools and creating the shapes as vector lines. Mike, why do you create that way? I like that it can zoom in pretty much indefinitely. Like there's no pixels involved. I can make it as large as I want. And instead of drawing and erasing and redrawing and re-erasing, if I wanted to change stuff, all I have to do is uh, click on its nodes. Find it. <laughs> nodes. Yeah. Click on its Already. nodes and then just move stuff around this way. I don't have to erase or redraw the line. I just reconfigure at any point. I don't have to go back. I don't have to undo. I can grab anything and move it anywhere at any time. So it's a lot more flexible for me that way. Yes. But it, if you're used to drawing in pixels, it's a bit of a bit of a mental shift you have to do to realize it's not drawing with a pen anymore. You're shaping things. <laughs> yes, you're creating shapes. Uh, let's see. John Crowdis says, oops, uh, Super Friends was his favorite cartoon from the early 80s. Well, congratulations, John. There we go. Ta-ding! You've won a prize. Uh, because I was also wanting to say that that's one of my favorite cartoons from the 80s, uh, the Super Friends. We're very, very happy with them. There we go. Uh, of course, my first cartoon crush was Zan from Zan and Jaina. I hadn't um, heard that. Uh, hadn't? Oh, well, this is new I'm proud to bring you knowledge. That had a huge impact on me because they weren't just superheroes. And of course, when I was a kid, the idea of being able to be friends with them as opposed to watching them from afar was a huge impactful thing on me and my creative process. The idea of superheroes as friends, you know, like just because uh, Superman can fly and move the planet doesn't mean he doesn't have Jimmy Olsen, his best buddy, you know, that kind of idea. Um, even Batman and Robin who are, you know, crime fighting partners are still friends, um, you know, more than just colleagues. That was the thing that I really enjoyed. Uh, let's see. And what does Sherry say? Ah, Scooby-Doo. Absolutely. Scooby-Doo is one of the most timeless uh, cartoons because it keeps being remade for a different audience every decade or so. Um, what do you guys think about Scooby-Doo? I love Scooby-Doo. I can't I tell how speaking or not. Yeah. He is. I, I am. <laughs> I told you, Speaking. No. What do you like about Scooby Doo? Um, it was my first real introduction to Scooby Doo. I think was Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, which because I'm was always a bit of a horror kid. It had Vincent Price on it. Was, yes. you know, the thing. Plus, it also had Scrappy Doo, and I was probably one of the few people who didn't hate Scrappy Doo. Actually, oh, you didn't? Fun. No. Now that I'm older and I can go back and watch it now, I'm like, wow, that's an annoying as hell character. But, you know. But it didn't bother you when you were a kid? No. Okay. (laughs) Mike, your comments on Scooby-Doo. Never watched it. I mean, I've seen an episode here or there, but because I didn't watch cartoons as a kid, it passed me by. Okay. And you've never uh, gotten into it as an adult? No. I found it interesting that uh, the show Supernatural actually had an episode 
completely devoted to Scooby-Doo, where the main characters are turned into cartoons and put in Scooby-Doo, um, because Scooby-Doo is kind of the quintessential kids who solve horrific mysteries. Uh, I'd be lying if I said that Scooby-Doo did not influence Twilight Detective Agency at all. Did it? Because it it made being detectives interesting and fun. I just assumed it was Fonzie and the Happy Days gang that affected you the most. I did like Fonzie and the Happy Days gang. But their archetypes, there's the cool kid, the nerd, the the good kid, and then the one you're not really sure why the he's there. So just, oh, the goofy dog. Oh, Potsy. You mean Potsy. No, the, That's a ha oh, Happy the, Days yeah. reference, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the goofy dog was named Potsy. Uh, no, Potsy was the goofy dog, though, in uh, Happy Days. But the oh, actual right, goofy right. dog in the cartoon. Oh. Else, and I can't remember. Mr. Giggles or something, or something like that. Oh, Mr. Cool. Yeah, that was it. Mr. Cool. Yeah. Happy Days actually had a, a spin off cartoon where Fonzie and uh, Ralph Mouth, and, but not Potsy, I don't think, um, no. and a talking dog were and visited. Oh, and Richie. Visited by a girl from the future named Cupcake, uh, who then took them on time jaunts and they had to solve mysteries all throughout time while their broken time machine couldn't quite get them home. So every episode, of course, they try to leap somewhere else and uh, have to solve something else. And hoping each time that the next leap will be the leap home. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and, you know, if, if the people that created Quantum Leap said to me, yeah, I was really inspired by that uh, the Happy Days cartoon of where they're time traveling, I actually wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> no. Alrighty, let me see here. And then Let's... Platoon was inspired by the Laverne and Shirley Go in the Army cartoon. Oh my god, where Horseshack was a pig for some reason. <laughs> that was amusing to me. Ron Palillo. Uh, I enjoyed that. Okay, how did cartoons influence your style and creativity? We've already talked a little bit about that. Um, let's start with Mike. Uh, what do you find creeps into your work, Mike, that is from cartoons? Well, I see a lot of Bruce Tim in my work when I'm not paying attention. Mm, I don't mean to, that, but it gets in there. Well, it was a very strong influence for you. I mean, Bat that that version of Batman is seminal. It's iconic. Uh, you, I don't think you can get away from it if you're a Batman fan. I don't think you can. Um, I mean, I don't really want to. I like no. that incident there, but yeah. uh, often around the faces, I can. I can, even in this one, I can see the Bruce Tim influence. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, like, I'm oh, yeah. Trying to figure out how to color in this app. And I, can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Drag and drop. Drag and drop. Isn't that right? Let's switch over to Kyle for a second. Kyle, what creeps into your artistic influence that you know is from cartoons? Um. Technically, it is cartoons, but not Saturday morning cartoons. And the majority of it comes from a lot of old heavy metal magazines, which yes. I was influenced, which I was introduced to by the heavy metal cartoon from 1980. Yes. Which was a an actual theater movie. And so not for kids as I went to it when I was seven, eight. I watched it on a sleepover uh, when I was 13, and I thought, I'm going to get in so much trouble for watching this movie. <laughs> My mom took me to the drive-in to see it. 
You have the best mom. Kyle's mom, everybody. Kyle's mom. She's up there. She's probably watching somewhere. Okay. <laughs> no, it, uh, it, it does show. Like I, uh, Kyle's been working on some of the chick tracts that uh, Two Gargs is going to be putting out in the coming year. And there's a couple of scenes where I'm just overwhelmed. I'm like, this is straight out of heavy metal. It just, it really heavy creates heavy that. Metal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just really felt like that for me. Um, for me, I, again, I, I talked about Super Friends, uh, the idea of friendship in cartoons. Um, and of course, I've never seen My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, but I do love the title uh, because to me, that rings true. I like to tell stories about friendship, about relationships, um, and the fact that there's superheroes or supernatural creatures is sort of the backdrop to that. Um, there's a lot of talking in my books. Uh, you, I'm probably not surprised to yeah. to hear that. <laughs> so many talking heads. <laughs> Head. Blah 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 blah. Head. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Later on, we'll discuss how there's an equal division of labor between the writer and the artist to make a comic interesting. Uh, I don't think that's true. Oh, you don't think that's true, do you? <laughs> okay, we have a theme for next time, ladies and gentlemen. In this corner, we have the writer weighing in at 250 pounds, and in this corner, the artist weighing in at 280 pounds of pure vector graphic power. I'm not 280. <laughs> okay, sorry, 290. My bad. I'm so sorry. Um... Let's see. So I do have a question here. If you know any kids, do they seem to be as focused on cartoons as we were? Like, does it hold the same attraction for them? I don't have anybody. Children. No, oh, but if you know, know any, any I thought you don't know any kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have kids. Um, I have two boys who are now 17 and uh, 15, but during their upbringing, I made sure to show them DVDs um, of everything I used to watch um, and also to join them in watching what was modern, you know, because I wanted to see if, uh, you know, we would have uh, some common, uh, common ground to speak on. And it turns out, yes, they really did like the cartoons and we talk about the cartoons all the time. In fact, we're just planning a marathon rewatch of Avatar The Last Airbender, which is one nice. of the greatest story arc cartoons um, I've ever seen. Uh, and yeah, so... The fact that Bender so, in it always upset me, though. Sorry, what? The fact that Bender wasn't in it always bothered me. Bender wasn't in Avatar? The Last Airbender. Why, why was oh. Bender not in the oh. Bender show? He gets me every time, ladies and gentlemen. I keep thinking it's a, it's a, it's a serious comment. And a, no, no, you fell for it, Michael. You, you fell for the Kyle once at again. Point, I couldn't hear it. I don't think I missed anything. No. <laughs> uh, boop. There we go. And putting up the banner. Kyle ruins banner. everything. Yeah. Boop. There we go. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, question from the audience. The Great Gazoo from the Flintstones, annoying or valid? And when are you guys going to sing Let the Sunshine In? No one, no one needs to hear us sing. That, <laughs> that's not okay. But Mike, you're a, a fan of the Great Gazoo. I actually am a fan of the Great Gazoo. That's yes, dumb. why? Um, 
I like his outlook. I like that he was smarter than everyone else and knew it. And everyone else uh, sort of bumbled along. I mean, they succeeded mostly through ineptness, and the Great Gazoo was there to point that out. Please, <laughs> pleased me on an internal level. I see. I see. That's probably and, bad. Well, maybe. But, you know, like uh, the smart kids always wanted to have a smart kid character to relate to. One of the reasons why I actually didn't like the Flintstones growing up um, is because uh, it, it felt like it was just dumb people doing dumb things. Yes. I was more, I was more interested in Wilma, um, who would beat the snot out of Fred on a routine basis. <laughs> um, but even then, I was like, yeah, but she's kind of mean. She has to be, but she is. And so I was like, I preferred the Jetsons uh, just because there was more science fiction in it. Yes, indeedy. Let right. us see. So start singing. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Mother told me something a little kid should know. It's all about the devil, and I love to hate him so. There we go. The opening bar is from Let the Sun Shine In, kids. I don't know Are the next on? bar. Uh, let the sun the shine Good in. Lord. Face it with a grin. Uh, smilers never lose and frowners never win. So let the sun shine in, face it with a grin. Open up your heart and let the sun shine in. That's for you, Sherry. There you go. I apologize to absolutely everybody else. <laughs> I can't believe that song was about the devil. It's straight up, straight up. Oh my God. I went through a whole period of when I was six years old being terrified of the devil because of that song. Sorry, Kyle, what did you say? It was the 60s. It Everything was, the 60s. was about the devil. Everything was about the devil. That's true. The devil was very big in the 60s. Yep. Let's see. He doesn't have a okay, good account, you... so he's not as popular nowadays. <laughs> it's because he's president of the United States. Hey! Oh, hey! <laughs> wow. Um, so do you guys have a favorite character, cartoon character? Ooh, it's a high-thinking moment. It is. Uh, you guys think. I have several. Um, okay. I'll, start, I'll start with my first one, which was Zan uh, from the Super Friends. The reason I liked Zan so much is because he was often inept, but he tried hard, and he was still considered to be a member of the group. As a young child, that told me I could be part of the group too because, you know, if Zan could be part of the group, they would definitely accept me hanging around too. And also, he was always cheerful. He was always friendly. And I really, really resonated with that. Shape of bathwater. <laughs> Poor Zan. <laughs> uh, do you have, no? Well, we'll go with Mike first. because. Okay, Mike, we'll go with you first. Okay, good. Favorite. I can't tell when Kyle's talking, so yeah. I'm quieter because of it. I yeah. think my favorite cartoon character is probably Darkwing Duck. Really? Yeah. I, I have to admit, I knowing you for as many years as I have, I'm a little taken aback by that. I have uh, favorite tell characters us. in each show, but I think my favorite character standalone would be Darkwing. How come? Uh, I don't know. Something about his uh, aesthetic where he was trying to be all grim and scary and wasn't at all resonates with me. Well, th this is kind of like Mike's actual 
life, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, phys- physically speaking, Mike is an imposing specimen of uh, German hugeness, but giggles <laughs> like a tiny child when things amuse him. So I can I can actually see that aesthetic. Uh, Darkwing's line, let's get dangerous. And then nothing dangerous really ever happened no. because there were always springs and, and funny pops and explosions and sidekicks and uh, an incredibly smart young niece. So, yeah, <laughs> I could totally see that. Kyle, which uh, G.I. Joe character is your favorite? <laughs> well, it's a, actually, I was thinking then it's my probably favorite cartoon character. It's probably Peace from the movie Wizards. Oh, Peace. Once peace again, love. a Saturday morning cartoon, a more of adult-themed cartoon that I saw as a kid and baffled my brain. Oh, yeah, Wizards was not an, an easy read. Uh, for younger kids by any stretch of the imagination. But I resonated with Peace as well. I liked his design. Yeah, and that's mostly mine is it's almost all my favorite characters all based on the the design of the character, how they you know what they the look like and you know. Also and a lot of the villains. I always preferred the villains way over the actual heroes. Mike, Kyle just yeah. said he always preferred villains over heroes. Your thoughts on that? I agree. Villains yeah. are better. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always like the heroes. Uh, I always like. Oh, check it out. Original 1986. Yeah. Is Serpentor from G.I. Joe? Yes. He is the Cobra oh. Emperor. Oh, he's the Emperor. Oh, my goodness. And that's another thing. We should actually do a whole thing on just your house, Kyle. Uh, just on like <laughs> props and. Yeah, I know. It's like, like here I am with my one DVD, uh, and Kyle's like, I am living in a cartoon and pop culture curio shop. <laughs> Greatest American hero, the guidebook. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kyle, that's so good. So good. Ooh. Tells you how the suit works. Well, but I lost it. Now I can't fly. That's right. No flying for you. All right. So let's see. Uh... Years later, those of us who watched cartoons are now the ones making cartoons, and that has definitely brought about some changes. What are some of the differences you're noticing in general between the tunes of yesteryear and the tunes of today? The tunes for today are made for adults mostly, because I don't think a lot of kids watch a lot of cartoons, so the adults who are now making the cartoons are making it for our generation who grew up on cartoons. Lots of old references, lots of, but much more mature themes. And yet, uh, I have a I have a counterpoint to that. Mike Kyle just said that uh, cartoons today are most mostly made for adults and have much more mature themes. My counterpoint to that is, uh, of course, the travesty that is Thundercats Ho or Thundercats Go or whatever it is. Yeah, I think you're right. I would argue that is made for kids, for like straight up for children, because those of us who were fans of Thundercats in the '80s cannot seem to resonate with this new, very frenetic, very uh, crazy, um, rapid, uh, simple animation version of them. Is it still so on? That's one that sticks out of my mind. Uh, I don't even know if it's still on. I, I remember, it, I remember I just, your advertisements for it. We can hope not. For I've the been record, watching it oh, sorry, Kyle's talking. Oh, sorry. You. I've been watching Shiro, which is very much a cartoon for kids, but it's got a lot of adult themes in it. Like, every character is gay. Every single one. <laughs> well, and, that's the thing. Uh, you can watch it's Shira. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, you're not bored watching it as an adult. I enjoy Shira. 
um, very much. And uh, yeah, like it's perfectly acceptable for kids because it's a cartoon about acceptance and about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, creation um, uh, of self. And that's, I think it's got some great messaging in it. Um, Kyle, what were you going to say? I've forgotten. <laughs> that's the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Did you say something horrible? No, he said, I've forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> no, Kyle, the question was, um, what is the difference between cartoons of yesterday versus cartoons oh, of today? And then you said they're probably more mature. So which cartoons are yeah. you talking about? Well, actually, I was just going to counterpoint the Thundercats Go is because the previous iteration of Thundercats was mm -hmm. a much more mature, story-driven, arc-driven... It know, was. Thundercats 2011. Higher, yeah, higher quality animation but you know it was it's it was still kid friendly but you know yes. it's still a lot more adult well not brown chicken brown cow adult but <laughs> which well, were the same thing. circumstances yes yes okay. so thundercats 2011 was definitely uh, pitched to a more uh, adult audience but still uh you know being open to uh young people as well basically it was it was an all ages thing same thing with uh, the green lantern uh show it had two seasons it was amazing um it didn't talk down to anyone uh, uh of course greg wiseman uh had i think had some input into that show um but he was mostly working on spectacular spider-man at the time um, I know he was friends with the creator anyway. That may be the, the extent of his input. But what I loved about that Green Lantern is if you were a fan of the comics, you had all the content there. If you were brand new to the, the idea, uh, it, the content was there. And if you were young, it was fun and, and funny in many, many parts. So let's wrap this up. What is your current favorite cartoon? Mike. Mike, Mike is your first, current Sorry, favorite you cartoon. Gotta, I was no, <laughs> going to tell him which one's talking because I can't hear him. You're going to get Mike. silences. Yes. Sorry. Mike, what is your current favorite cartoon? Oh, what is my current favorite cartoon? I guess say Harley Quinn. Absolutely. Close between Harley Quinn and DuckTales, but I got to say Harley Quinn. Oh, Harley Quinn is absolutely not for children. That cartoon's not for kids. Whatsoever. Oh, there is, a, there is a version of it that's for kids. Isn't there a, is there a version of it that's I, for I kids? I thought there was a, a, a kiddie version of Harley Quinn. Of, of what? Of Harley Quinn? Harley. No, that yeah. cartoon is not for kids. No, but isn't there a Harley Quinn for kids? Another? I'm I'm familiar with it. I don't know. I, I, I seems to me I saw a previous. I'm like, oh, and it was, it was much more of the um the super chibi you know oh uh yeah like kyle the, is like the teen titans go but you know right um, kyle believes there's like a teen titans go-esque version of it and it may be like a gotham thing maybe it's not specifically oh, harley um, but yeah 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 um oh, oh. there's like a there's a justice league for kids right on right now but yeah but no there was the the all-girl yes i think that, yes, it had Supergirl and, and Batgirl, and it, yeah. was, it was chibi versions. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I think that's probably what I'm thinking of. 
Oh, all right. I agree with Mike. Right now, Harley Quinn is just seizing my imagination because they're not holding back with anything, and yet they are referencing classic storylines at the same time, <laughs> which I think is brilliant. And every time Ivy opens her mouth, I just howl because she's just not having any of Harley's craziness, right? She always has a very witty quip that kind of shuts the whole thing down. Kyle, what is your favorite commercial? Uh, commercial? <laughs> Freudian. Well, so what's your Pop-Tarts, what's your favorite cartoon currently? Um, actually, I probably have to agree that the Harley Quinn is probably one of the better shows on there. You know, I'm still slightly pining for Futurama, but, you know, that's... Because it was that's a classic go-to for you. Yeah. 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 Oh, now Sherry has an amazing comment. She says, I think Schoolhouse Rock has been overlooked. Educational cartoon glory with catchy ditties, total win. Sherry, I agree 100%. I know so much more about American history than I do about Canadian history because of Schoolhouse Rock. And uh, even Kyle has been doing references to, it wasn't Schoolhouse Rock, but Time for Timer, uh, the, the little character that tells you about nutrition and health. Um, and, wagon those and Wagon Wheels. Those cartoons were instrumental, and I think that we are poorer for not having them. Um, imagine having your kids programmed into the TV, but then every so often this educational musical blurb pops up um, that gets into your head and you can't stop. Like I can't count by fives without counting in the musical form of that particular uh, math uh, cartoon. So final thoughts, gentlemen, on Saturday morning cartoons and cartoons in general. Mike, you first. I'm for them. I'm for them. I'm absolutely oh, for them. Was that them. not a yes or no question? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that nowadays you can just turn on your device and watch cartoons any yes. old time you friggin' want to. But I still yes. make time Saturday morning to watch Saturday morning cartoons over my Saturday morning cartoon breakfast. Yes, which is what? Oh, it's not cereal. I'm not an animal. I have a sausage <laughs> muffins, but it, the intent is still there. I, I see. Uh, don't graze like some sort of rodent. <laughs> I see. I see. You've just dissed oh, the cereal eating population. Yeah. yeah. I just. Yeah, yeah, no, you're gross. You're gross. <laughs> <laughs> I need to pull this knife out of my back. And, yeah. uh, there. Right. And Kyle, your your final thoughts on. Ah, oh, knife. there it is. Oh. oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Um, I said I lived on Saturday morning cartoons. I said I don't drag myself in because oh, I saw a lot of the later cartoons because I was never a morning person, even as a kid. I missed okay. a lot of cartoons on Saturday mornings because I just couldn't get my ass up. Okay, but you know, for that good hour or two when I did get up and before Stampede Wrestling started, it was down. For those of you listening, Stampede Wrestling is a Calgary, Alberta classic uh it was one of the ways you knew cartoons were over um and then the the wrestling started which may account for why at some conventions we go to they actually have a whole bunch of wrestling stars coming in yeah. uh i think there's some cross-pollination there we'll have to explore that at another time for me uh yeah i hold church on saturday mornings and it is cartoons and it's whatever i feel like that morning and absolutely cereal is ne necessary yeah. And required. And even though no. I have a little bit of the diabetes, if there's yeah. Fruit Loops in the house, I'm going to eat them. Those two I'm thoughts do it. might be related. No, you know what's related? 
no, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> anyway, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us today. I thank our guests, uh, Sherry and John, for uh, their very insightful comments. Um, you can follow us at twogargs.com. That's T-W-O-G-A-R-G-S.com. Um, and of course, uh, soon after this broadcast, we will have this uh, up uh, in, on audio on iTunes. Um, and we will have it up on YouTube as well as a video. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Seriously, I never thought I'd be one of those people, but please, uh, yes, happen. like, yeah, uh, like and subscribe. Uh, we would like to keep doing this. Please keep three fat white guys talking because it's so rare that it ever happens. Have a good day, everyone. Peace out.